Today's scripture reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children but she, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. I'm Pastor Tim. Uh, welcome, especially if you're visiting us today. Welcome to Hallelujah. If we haven't met, uh, I hope you'll uh, say hi to me before uh, you leave and introduce yourself to me. We're in a sermon series called Wonder Women, uh, and we've heard the last couple weekends about Hannah and the wonder of prayer. We heard last week about Esther and the wonder of courage. Today we're going to talk about Sarah and the wonder of faith. What Einstein put a sermon series about wonder women over Father's Day weekend? Who did that? You're looking at them. <laughs> Sometimes we, uh, uh, all the time actually, we plan out our, our themes and our series uh, almost a year in advance. So long ago when I was thinking about what we could do during the month of June, uh, uh, we we want to lift up the women in Scripture. Uh, often the Bible is seen as a very patriarchal uh, story, and of course we have to acknowledge that context, but within that, God used cover to cover wonderful women, wonder women of faith, and they stepped up and they delivered and they did incredible things to advance uh, God's promises and God's love. So we're in this series, and I'm going to do my best to connect it to this incredible day for all you dads. And uh, everyone say Happy Father's Day to someone sitting nearby you right now. Go ahead and say that to somebody. And I'm going to unapologetically uh, give a nod to dads today. And um, sometimes dads say some really funny things. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but this dad is going to say a lot of funny things Stuff dads never say. Go ahead and take a look. I don't care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You want to borrow the new car? You want to borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I mean, when I was their age, life was easy. Super easy. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Ooh, sports. It, it, just do whatever the mechanic says to do. Vehicle maintenance is completely overrated. Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. I wish they had soap operas at night. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah. Sure, spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. Hey, hey, can you please turn that music up? 
You know, she's right. We are ruining her life. We just really need to spoil these kids more. You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. Whoa! Money really does grow on trees. Happy Father's Day, everybody. How about that guy? Dad say some funny, funny things. I grew up with a dad who said a lot of funny things. Uh, he'd say stuff, stuff like, oh, you chased her long enough and she caught you, huh? Uh, there I am in, in sixth grade with my two older brothers rocking the leisure suit. Anyone remember the leisure suit? Are you old enough? Uh, a lot of you are like, leisure suit? What's that? Look at that butterfly collar I have going on, too. That's, I mean, I'm right out of the, I mean, I'm ready for uh, a little disco dancing, I think, at the roller rink. But my dad said some funny things. In fact, uh, one of the things he used to say uh, was really, he was ahead of his time. Uh, he had a voice remote before they existed. He'd say, we'd be in the family room, he'd be like, remote control, change it to seven. And I had to get up and go to the TV and turn the dial. And he had a lot of fun things like that. He's always said, top of the line, top of the line, which is funny because we lived in a very middle-class family, so I don't know where, what he was thinking about that with things being top of the line. But anyway, uh, he was a great dad, and uh, I'm remembering him uh, with fondness and love today uh, in my heart. And, and for those of you who have lost uh, a dad, uh, my, my heart is with you and my, my prayers are with you as, as this is a, a special day for you as, as you remember uh, some of the wonderful things about your dad. Part of what made my dad so wonderful was his wife. My mom, they met in fifth grade. They have been in lockstep uh, for the 70 years he lived. Uh, they were in lockstep together. They did life together. They grew in faith together. They encouraged one another. They, they were a team. And what made him such a great dad is her. And as I think about the scripture we just heard about Sarah, what made Abraham so memorable in scripture is Sarah. Sarah and Abraham were in lockstep with one another, with God's promise, with God's covenant from the very beginning. They were always together, always trusting, always working through their faith with God and the covenant that began with Abraham. But there'd be no Abraham without Sarah. There'd, they'd have no child, Isaac, without Sarah. There was this incredible bond that they shared, and they were in step with one another. And so I'd like us to, to think about what we heard in Hebrews 11, the Bible's hall of faith, if you will. Hebrews 11, uh, if we can go to that slide, Hebrews 11 is uh, really listing in the New Testament the incredible people of faith from the beginning of the Bible story. And I want to commission this chapter to you because Hebrews 11 uh, is a great read. It's, it's a short read, but you get the Cliff's Notes of the Bible. You get the stories of the pillars of faith from the very beginning of time back to creation through Noah, through Abraham, all the way up through the time of Jesus, and it maps it out. And if you've ever tried to put the whole thing together in your head, this is the chapter to go to. So chapter 11. Now, where we pick it up is in verse 8. Verse 8, we hear the, what we heard already. Let's go back over the, over the words. By faith, Abraham, 
When called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So by faith, God said, Abraham, I want to start a covenant with you. I'm going to build a nation with you. I'm going to, you're going to have lots of descendants. You're going to be the start, which would be the nation Israel. I'm going to start with you. And this was back in what's now modern-day Iraq, and uh, where he called him, and, and, he, and he says, I'm going to send you to the promised land. I'm going to send you to the land of Canaan, uh, and I'm gonna, you're going to go to a place you've never been. And he couldn't Google it. He couldn't go to TripAdvisor and see what the good restaurants were before he went there. He had to, he had to really just trust God. And so the Hebrews author today says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his, his inheritance. And some of you, you know, it's okay. You're in a safe place. You don't know Bible history that, uh, all that too well. We're talking about almost 4,000 years ago. Christianity is not a 20th century phenomenon. Didn't sort of stir up with the Americas. What Christianity is deeply rooted in the story of of Abraham and Sarah, just short of 4,000 years ago, scholarship believes. You're sitting here this morning in a room built for Christians to gather that began 4,000 years ago. When we are interested in a restaurant or a business, aren't we concerned with how long they've been doing it? Right? How long have you been doing this? You ever have a contractor to your house and you go, so how long have you been doing this? God's been doing this for 4,000 years. We're part of a story that goes way back. And it's the story of Abraham and Sarah, and it culminates in the birth of their son, Isaac. Let's hear what the rest of these verses tell us. By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. Down to ten, he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He never got to, to build it, but he was the beginning. And his, and his descendants would, would inherit uh, Jerusalem and the promised land. Now, verse 11, here comes Sarah, the Wonder Woman. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered God faithful who had made the promise. Did you catch that? Not the part about her being too old to have a child, which we're going to get to in just a second, but the next part. She considered God faithful who made the promise. Who starts the covenant with Abraham and Sarah? Everyone? God. Who's calling the shots? God. Who's the one that needs to be faithful in this? God. And she remembered. Even though she was past childbearing years, when God showed up and said, you guys are going to have a kid, she remembered that the one who made the promise is always faithful. That's the wonder of faith. Even when we aren't feeling it. Even when our faith cage is rattled a little bit. Even when we're spiritually dry. There's a God who loves you. And there's a God who cares deeply for you. 
And there's a God who says, I know where you're at right now, but I'm going to be faithful no matter what. I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac. I'm the God of the promises. I'm the God of Sarah. I am the God who sent Jesus into the world. I'm, I've got it. I've got it. And the story of Abraham and Sarah, as I said, culminates in the birth of their son Isaac. So here's, here's the quick story if you don't know their story. As I said, this, is hap- this happened thousands of years ago in the Middle East. And, and, and God just says, I'm going to start a nation. And I'm going to pick you, Abraham, and your wife, Sarah. And you're going to have a child. And the first response is, are you kidding me? About that time, he was probably 70 or so. And uh, his wife's getting up there. Now, I'm no doctor, but the Bible even said that what was going on way past the childbearing years. And Abraham dropped to the ground when God said they were going to have a child, and he laughed. He dropped to the earth and busted out laughing. What would your reaction been? And then when Sarah heard the news, the Bible says she laughed to herself. You ever hear something funny and you just kind of go, <laughs> I, I'll give you an example. The White Sox are going to win the World Series in a couple years. <laughs> I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I can't see it. All the young players. No, I just, I just. <laughs> and you kind of laugh to yourself. That's what they did. That's what they did. Would you have done anything different? And yet, because Sarah, as Hebrews says today, remembered the one who made the promises faithful, they had a child. His name was Isaac. Isaac translates literally, he laughs. He laughs. When they heard God's promise that they were going to start a nation through their own flesh and blood, they laughed. When Isaac was born, God laughed. And Isaac was born, Abraham and Sarah, the parents, went from laughing at God to laughing with God. Sometimes God calls us to something and we just think it's the most insane, insanely ridiculous thing in the world and we just laugh and we laugh at God and then, and then God opens doors and moves things and, and puts people in the right place and, and, and things happen and blessings happen and, and then we just go, oh, <laughs> I'm laughing with you now. You did it. And they had this incredible child, Isaac. And from Isaac, Jacob and Esau, the twin sons. And generation after generation after generation after generation. And you are sitting here right now. It's a story of the wonder of faith. It's a story of the wonder of faith that says, you know, for humankind, things aren't real possible sometimes, but for God, they are. For humankind... Uh, it, it, it's, it's not going to happen. And that's the first thing I want you to think about. I've got a couple, three things for you to think about today. And the first one is this. The wonder of faith that Sarah had with Abraham. Let's bring it up. Faith knows that nothing is too difficult for God. Read that out loud with me. Faith knows that nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too difficult for God. Jesus and his disciples in the New Testament were discussing who can be saved. Who can get into heaven? And when the disciples learned you can't buy your way, you can't be good enough, you can't earn salvation by doing enough good stuff, 
they say to Jesus, well then, who can be saved? And Jesus says, well, for humankind, it's impossible. But for God, all things are possible. You see, we can't save ourselves. But God can. God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible. A child can be born to a woman who at the time, are you ready, drum roll, she was 90. She was 90. Don't believe it happened? Check the family tree. It's right here and it goes all the way back. Abraham was 100 and a nation was born. And a nation was born. Moses, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Are you kidding me? You got the wrong guy, God. No, with God all things are possible. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. Go tell him, let my people go. Hey, Pharaoh, let my people go, God said. "Uh Uh-uh. And yet, after the ten plagues and God's power, Pharaoh says, get out of here. They leave. Pharaoh changes his mind. Start chasing them towards the Red Sea. They get to the edge of the water and they think, we're doomed. We're going to be wiped out. And God goes, oh, for you it's probably impossible to cross that Red Sea. Not for me. And the waters part and across they go. With God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. An unwed teenage mother has a messenger from God show up at her place and says, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a child who's going to be like no child ever born In the history of humankind, he will be king of kings and lord of lords. And she says, how can this be? How can this be possible? Because with God, all things are possible, and Mary has a baby as a virgin mother. Is that possible? Can I get my brain around that? Maybe not. But with God, all things are possible. The number one opponent to the Christian faith after the resurrection of Jesus was a guy named Saul. And Saul was converted as he encountered the Lord on the road to go mop up some Christians in a town called Damascus. And he gets incredibly zapped by the Lord. And he comes to faith. He changes his name to Paul. You ever hear of St. Paul? There's a city name for him. St. Paul is the greatest champion and the greatest evangelist in the Christian movement in the history of humankind. Wait, Saul? Saul, the guy who was persecuting Christians and holding the cloaks when they were getting stoned to death? Yes, him. With God, all things are possible. And then lean in for this one. You and I do things, think things, and say things that aren't God's will for us. And the Bible's clear that the punishment for those sins is death. And yet, God loved the world so much, he sent his only son to a cross. To a cross. You know, on this this Father's Day, think of a heavenly father who sent his own son to die for you and me. To pay the price you and I could never pay. The, the one who is righteous paid the price for we who are unrighteous. And on that cross died your sins and mine. And by faith we're forgiven. We're washed clean. We're, we live in grace. We are saved by grace through the wonder of faith. And we are promised forgiveness and we are promised eternal life in God's heaven. That doesn't seem possible. 
but with God, all things are possible. Can I ask you a real honest question this morning? If everything in the Bible was so believable, what would be the need for faith? If everything in here made perfect sense, if everything was rational, if I could put a formula against it, if I could test the hypothesis and come up with the, with the, uh, with the results and then present them, wouldn't that be better? Well, then I could get there. Then I could have faith. And then my, my, my general loving pushback is, well, is it faith then? By faith, Sarah believed in the one who made the promise. And the challenge and the stirring, wonderful invitation is there for you today to have that same faith that Sarah had and Abraham had to know that there's a God who's faithful. Even when life circumstances around us say, oh, this is impossible. So faith knows that nothing is too difficult for God. Number two, let's bring that up. Read it with me. Faith grows in relationships. One more time. Faith grows in relationships. Sarah and Abraham had this incredible relationship as husband and wife. God has put that human family together for that purpose. There's this reason. The human family. And there's Abraham and there's Sarah and they're, they're, they're growing old together and they're living in God's promises together and their faith is growing because they're seeing God's promises together by faith. Agnes had a Bible. A mom of three teenagers, the son sandwiched in the middle of the two girls by age. She had a little note in the back in the back of her Bible, handwritten by her that said, "Lord, please get a hold of Tommy." Tucked it in her Bible, kept it there, went back to it, prayed it on a regular basis. Tommy was your typical teenage boy, making some typical teenage boy mistakes and wrestling with the faith, not really knowing what to do with it. An evangelist came through town. Tommy went with his his group of close friends. He had nothing else to do, so why not? You know, it's that stay home or go do something I really don't care about doing, but I'll just do it to be with them, so I'll go. And he heard the good news of Jesus in a profound and new and wonderful way, and by the end of the evening, he had surrendered his life to faith in Christ. The Christ deeply rooted in the story of Abraham and Sarah. He would uh, get married and have three sons, and the three sons would uh, go kicking and screaming into the ministry, and one of them is preaching to you right now. Tommy was my dad. Faith grows in relationships. Faith grows when spouse encourages spouse in the faith, when parent encourages child, when, when, when child encourages sibling, when, when friend encourages friend, when coworker encourages coworker. Faith grows in relationships. Faith doesn't happen in a vacuum by yourself. Faith happens when you do life with other people. That's why we're so excited about connect groups here for our adults. It's why all of our youth and children's ministries are small group based. We have large group gatherings and teachings, but then we get together and we do life together in smaller groups. Our high school kids pray over each other and commission each other into the world. We, we are a church that understands 
that faith, the wonder of faith grows in relationships. Last point, and thanks for listening this morning. Let's bring that up. Faith can doubt and still be faith. Everyone say that. Faith can doubt and still be faith. Turn to someone, give them a little nudge and say, uh, hey, you can doubt. Go ahead and say that. A guy encounters Jesus coming through his town in the New Testament in Mark, the Gospel of Mark. And his child is sick. And he says, Jesus, if you can do anything, can you heal my child? And this is one of my favorite responses that Jesus gives to anyone in all of Scripture. And I, there's even a little shred of humor in here. He goes, if I can do anything? <laughs> Almost like, really? If I can do anything? And he says uh, this. He says, with God, all things are possible. Have you heard that before? And then he says, all things are possible for those who believe. And the man whose son he, Jesus heals responds with this. Let's bring that up. Next one. Lord, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. That's what he says when Jesus says, if I can. The dad who's desperate says, Lord, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. Oh, I believe, but there are times when my faith is rattled and shaken. Help me, Lord, in those moments. Let's review. Let's bring up the last. Faith knows that nothing's too difficult for God. What are you, what are you wrestling with right now? Do you think it's bigger than God? God's grace is greater than our failures. God's forgiveness greater than your sin and mine. Even death itself. Even death itself, God has provided a way for believers in his son to inherit eternal life. Nothing's too difficult for God. What are you wrestling with right now? He's got it. He's got it. Have you surrendered it to him? Second, faith grows in relationships. I, I want to ask you to open yourself up in prayer, to ask God to drop a name or two on your heart of someone you're in relationship with who you can encourage in the faith in the next few days. might be someone under your roof. It might be a a family member, a friend, a coworker, someone where you ask God to stir you and give you the wisdom to encourage them in the faith because faith grows in relationships. And finally, faith can doubt and still be faith. Hallelujah is a safe place for, for doubts. We don't, we don't have this all figured out. We are doing life together. We are learning about our Christian faith together. We don't have all the answers. We struggle with things. We wrestle with things. We ask tough questions. We want to we go on that journey together. And so make no mistake about it, this is not a faith community of, of super righteous people who, who really have it all together. Faith can doubt and still 
be faith. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Abraham, for the wonder of faith that began in you generations and generations ago and now leads us to a cross and to eternal life. Let's pray. God, thank you for your incredible gift of faith. Not a faith that's perfect, not a faith that does no wrong, not a faith that never doubts, but faith nonetheless. Faith in your promises, faith in your son, faith in the way forward, faith that nothing, nothing is too difficult for you, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name and we all said together, Amen.